What is up, you guys? It's Megan, and I'm back with the Scare Photographer Podcast for a bonus episode. The podcast usually comes out every other Thursday, but I knew that this episode had to come out as soon as possible because it was so great. It's something we talk about, and we hear in our industry this term, the imposter syndrome. And I had a conversation with my mom a few weeks ago, and we were talking about it, and she's an artist as well. And, um, I just, I knew I'm like, we need to get onto the podcast and do this. So I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. And we're going to get right into it as soon as we come back. Welcome back guys. I'm so excited because my mom is here. Hi mom. Hi. We were having a conversation like two weeks ago on FaceTime and, and I was talking about the podcast and we were talking a lot about, um, that saying, you know, quote unquote, that, um, imposter syndrome saying and how much I hate it. And we get, we got into this really great conversation and I was like, we need to have this on the podcast. So thank you for coming on and sharing with me and everybody else who ends up listening. Cause I think it's a good topic. So thank you. You're welcome. So usually on the podcast, I'll talk a little bit about who my guests are. So obviously you're my mom and you are an artist. And I feel like sometimes that's where I get a lot of my inspiration and my creative side from. Um, Yeah. Um, But I kind of like, obviously I know a little bit about your story and kind of how you got into the art world, um, but maybe you could share a little bit about that, a little bit about that. Um, yeah, kind of how you got into being an artist and what sort of got you there. Oh, wow. That, that's an interesting story. <laughs> uh, first of all, um, as Megan knows, um, my grand, my parents, my, my father, her grandfather actually is the one that inspired us as kids to always be creative. Um, And every Christmas, you know, we planned and made gifts for each other. Um, And it was just a natural process that we would just make gifts. We never went out and bought things. We just made gifts. And um, and it it, it just kind of started from there. Um, Then, of course, you know, you're working and and having children. And, Mm. um, you know, you make a few things, but um, by the time I was 40, um, I, the kids were now full-time in school and uh, I wanted to learn um, how to quilt is the way I started. I Mm -hmm. bought my first quilt frame when I was 18, but all of a sudden I was 40 and thought, geez, I better use it. (laughs) Uh, The funny part is I sold it to a friend of mine for $20. And a few years later, she sold it back to me for $30. So I knew there was something wrong in that whole idea. (laughs) She made some money off you. She did. Yeah. And I was gullible enough to give it to her. There you go. But uh, but with that, um, I started to, to, to quilt and, and uh, I was just, it was a whole new world for me. And when Mm -hmm. I was quilting um, and making things up as I went, I didn't, follow a lot of patterns at that time I just kind of created my own and people were asking me geez you know you you know when are you going to have that as a pattern 
And I, I looked at a dear friend of mine and, and she looked at me. She said, it'll be done in about three months. And, and I'm looking at her, what, you know? <laughs> um, and all of a sudden I started designing patterns um, for the quilting industry. And with that um, came an opportunity to take 12 of my little patterns down to a company uh, to a sh trade show in Texas. Um, it's one of the largest shows in markets in the world for, for designers. And um, I was approached by a company and they asked if I would design for them. And, and uh, you know, little old me, 12 little <laughs> patterns, international company asked me to, you know, design patterns for them. And and I didn't know what else to say except okay. And, <laughs> sure. and that was kind of my journey. And and oh. next thing you know, it's it's been you know ten years after with them, and and uh, in between, I worked it for quilt stores and taught, and um, and started honing some of my skills mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. for the love of fiber, um, not necessarily yeah. just cotton, but fiber, and. Over the years after that, I, I started doing actual artwork using fiber, mm -hmm. um, transitioning to large quilts to more framed pieces of art. And, and it was because it was my, my love and, and, you know, from doing that. Now, saying that, it was, you know, it was pictures for me. <laughs> yeah. um, people were saying, well, you're, you're an artist. And, and that's when the... the that feeling of um well no uh, <laughs> um I just made this up and right. um and and I, I we started thinking about that so I joined a group called the fiber art network um fan is here and it's fiber shout art. Out. shout out to yeah. fan <laughs> yeah, shout out to fan from um Winnipeg West and yeah. um Again, um, because a friend encouraged me and I said, okay, <laughs> and I started doing working with them yeah. and they, again, they, they are all, you know, I think first and foremost, we always think that everybody else is an artist, but you're not like, right. and you're, and you're always pretending to be an artist mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, over the years, I've done some reading with, uh, about people like Monet and, and uh, you know, artists in that caliber, none of them had formal training. Um, we were talking about the imposter. I mean, I feel when someone says I'm an artist and, and, um, and, I, and I, I say, thank you. That's very kind <laughs> of you to say. Um, but yeah. believing myself is a whole different thing. And right. um, I remember doing a, a, a talk um, at a, at a, a guild um, and they said did you have any formal training and 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 I said no and then I yeah. really felt like an imposter because if you had formal training then that means you can call yourself an artist right and and when I talk about Monet he never had any formal training he um, once again followed his heart he he had a passion for what he did he yeah. loved what he did and um I started to realize that these, these, you know, incredible artists, um, they, they did what they loved to do. And of course, no one did what he did at the beginning. People are looking at his work and thinking, yeah, well, that's a bunch of spots on a, on a canvas. It wasn't, you know, 
art as in, you know, you could actually see an actual picture of something. And, yeah. and yet his, his art now goes for millions and millions of dollars. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I think too, they, they felt the same feeling that they were, that like you say, the imposter. Um, I mean, I, I paint, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not an artist, but people call me an artist. So I guess I, I'll call myself an artist. Yeah. And, um, and that was where um, this whole imposter uh, syndrome came along. And then yeah. when I, I was hired um, to it with a company, a, a fabric company, and they gave me the title of creative director. And I, I, just, I, I went, I came home and, and, and said, said to Morgan, like, they're calling me a creative director. I said, what the heck is a creative director? Yeah. You know, again, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm an imposter. And I realize it's just the education, that's the education I've learned is life education. Right. Um, just taking what I love the most to do and putting it into things that I love to do, make. And all of a sudden, yes, um, I'm an artist. I I, I finally starting to realize that I do have that part of me because it's the way I look at it. Because another thing that I I talk, I think about when I think of artist, you know, imposter, um, everybody does landscapes and I love doing landscapes. Um, and I thought, well, everybody else is doing landscapes. How can I be different? And right. the simple the simple thing is this. You can do, you can be an artist. It's because how you see it, mm-hmm. not how everybody else sees it. You might see the light, the way the light catches something. You might yeah. see the color. You might see the structure. It's the way you see it that no one else sees it. And I think that's where the art part comes in. Mm-hmm. It's it's how you interpret that. Um, and, and oh, go ahead. No, and I think that's that's part of that getting over the imposter syndrome because no one looks at it the same way you do. Yeah, and I think too, um, like that term artist is so like specific sometimes to painting or to a specific medium. And I feel like I'm started to notice more and more too, in like my world in photography, that people are actually calling themselves visual artists now. And I think that's so important. And that, Absolutely. you know, it doesn't matter if you're a quilter or um, a painter or a fiber artist or, or photographer, whatever it is, like you're creating beauty. And like you, like you said, something that you see and you feel is beautiful. I mean, that's artwork in itself. And I do think that that term artist, maybe it goes hand in hand with this imposter syndrome idea that, well, I'm just a photographer or I'm just a painter, or I'm just a insert creative term. Um, Absolutely. um, And it's hard to kind of get past that idea that okay I am an artist because it sounds so I don't know it sounds just fancy and <laughs> like it's it does, like it's it's this term you that you can't exactly I mean I, I've been you know doing this for so long mm. and when people say wow you're an artist oh they're telling me I'm an artist yeah right? <laughs> and I don't think of myself as an artist yeah. but at the same time I have to realize I'm creating visual um artistry right to hang on the walls right i mean you can you can do needlework and hang it on the wall you can do you can 
do a photo like photograph oh, yeah. and hang it on the wall it's still art because it's hanging on the wall yeah and, and it's, um yeah. it's an expression you know, too it's 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 your self-expression and yeah. and cherish that because no one um has that vision like mm -hmm. you have right. and and Yes, it's hard to say I'm I'm a I'm an artist because you think oh they went to art school and they but yeah. this you know um, theory based um, knowledge yeah uh, but a lot of I know a lot of artists that have never gone to school mm -hmm. never taken an art course not saying that you don't have to but just believe in what you're doing and mm -hmm. and um, create with the passion and the heart and the love that you love to do and yeah. and you will be an artist it's it's um yeah your visual art is 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 everything from like yeah. you say from photography to needlework to anything that's a visual a picture something that you are actually seeing with your eyes you yeah. become a visual artist you yeah. know and if that if that's you know I call myself a, a fiber artist because I deal in fibers right. um, you know a painter is an artist he deals using paint yeah. Um, yeah. there's you know so many different um, varieties of artists out there yeah. but um, but yes it's hard to not feel like the person next to me is more of an artist than me because we one of the worst things that we do um, is compare ourselves to yeah. other people and and I don't think there's an artist in the world that doesn't do that <laughs> yeah. but they have to realize um, that that's not helpful because you're not that person you, you know they see something differently than you do and doesn't mean that you're any less than that person it's just the way they see things yeah it's so, and, and and you have to you have to start believing in um and i there are times i i, I mean i talk to all my friends that are who are artists and they have uh, bad days where yeah. they think this is this is i'm not i you know like you know and the other days they're like on top of the world so yeah. it's an up and down feeling it's um out of all the things that you create maybe it's like your photograph you know when you take yeah. photography yeah you don't take a perfect one every time um some you know i mean yeah, there's a lot of things that go in the g file <laughs> yeah, that's a finished frame piece right we talked about um how a lot of like you were saying when we chatted about how a lot of the stuff that you create is not some is a lot of times not on purpose no absolutely absolutely <laughs> I, yeah you know um there are things that um i it wasn't the way I, I thought it was going to go, but yeah. something else surprisingly came out of it. Yeah. And, and, and I thought, Oh, Oh, well that, well, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I did a piece using a toilet roll. I mean, I'm just saying, I love it. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, your dad is always leaving the cardboard toilet roll on the Sorry, counter. Dad. And, and, and I always, yeah. you know, it's a good place to think. The bathroom's a great place to think. Yeah. But um, I, I thought, well, obviously he's telling me I must use that toilet roll for some art. <laughs> Inspiration from the bathroom. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I brought it in here and thought, how am I going to do that? So I laid out some fabric and I got some paint and 
I started making kind of a brush out of it and I was playing around and, and all of a sudden this piece came out of it that just blew me away. I thought, well, yeah. this is pretty cool. Yeah. And it ended up being one of my, one of my favorite pieces. And, yeah. and um, when I tell people I use a toilet roll, they just think, Oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> well, that's it's the an same. unusual place. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's the same in the photography world because we get, I get this a lot. Like what kind of camera do you use or what kind of whatever? And I'm like, I don't know, a thing that takes pictures, you know, like you can take photographs with anything. It doesn't have to be fancy camera or you could be your iPhone or a Polaroid camera, whatever, you know, it could be anything. Um, and I, I think that's important to remember in the world of creating art is nothing has to be perfect or nothing has to be, you know, yeah, you can create things with the old toilet paper roll or I mean, literally whatever, like your, your best, um, like paintbrush or camera or, you know, insert tool of choice is the one that you have. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and and what's 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 very uh, one of the things that I've learned through this whole process is that sometimes limiting your tools mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. takes a lot of guesswork at how what I'm going to use right you, you have this many tools and you you create with just that many tools yeah and yeah. sometimes as a challenge for myself I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to you know these are the few things I'm going to use I'm going to ignore everything else that I have in my studio and I'm yeah. just going to try and create something from that little group of items right and and it's amazing how creative you can become um, when you are limited to what you have in front of you. So having all the big fancy equipment is sometimes can be overwhelming because now you, you kind of wander around wondering what you're going to do next yeah. um, with all this stuff, but, you know, you know, narrowing it down to, yeah, say, say you only have a cell phone and yeah. it takes, and it takes pictures. Oh my goodness. It's a great. And actually has a phone attached to it. Yeah. It's a great camera. <laughs> exactly. Right. You can oh. zoom in, zoom out that type of thing. Yeah. But it is, it, it's again, um, it's a tool. Um, yeah. and as you, I know for me, as I started growing, I started adding a little bit here, adding a bit there and, um, and, and expanding my, my, space and my you know tools because I've learned I've learned oh geez you know if I want to do this I should try maybe I can try something like this and maybe I need something to do that you you know um do you do you feel like more comfortable or confident in your skills now maybe this is a redundant question but I'm curious to know your answer like if you feel more comfortable confident excited about creating now as you did when you first started like what do you you feel obviously you're a bit more experienced and you have more skill but how do you feel like imposter syndrome related or just like competent confident in your skills you know I'm going to tell you that I I still feel like an imposter syndrome doesn't matter how how many years or how much experience I've got um yeah you know when I go it, it it's it's one of those things. Um, you will always second guess yourself. There's not a, a place in the world. I don't believe there's a person in the world in the creative world that don't second guess themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and regardless of what you're doing, you know, you know when something works because all of a sudden you go, "Yeah, I like that. That's perfect." Yeah, for sure. um, but on the whole, you know, it's it's 
it's you're being vulnerable when you start showing the world and vulnerability right. is is it's tough because you don't want someone to say oh don't like that you know yeah. like that um but that's okay because not everybody's going to like it but yes i mean it's when i had some art hanging in the gallery here in in, in uh in my in our town um first of all i was hanging out with all these artists right <laughs> yeah and you're like okay and I, and I and it, again it's little old me hanging my little piece right pieces up there and yeah. and um you you always feel that way at some time or another there'll be yeah. good days and bad days and and um you get overwhelmed by people's talent and you think wow yeah. you know well, that's it's like that in the photography world too, because I do feel like even those artists that you were standing there with, they could be feeling the same way. Like, ooh, like look at Sue hanging her art up. And I'm, you know, it's just like we we live in our own little worlds where we think, okay, like we're timid and we're feeling like we're in, like a, being an imposter. Yet I, it, I'm starting to realize even through the podcast and just being connecting with other people and other photographers that I think are like, crazy talented and even in for in, in any creative world like I think everybody kind of sometimes has that same mindset like oh, oh absolutely they're doing, and look what they're doing and then you know you don't really realize like they do want to spend time with you or they do want to connect with you because they think that you're doing something that's different even though you're like oh here's my little thing over here yes, I'm, you know, like it's you know you they they probably feel the same way like they're like oh look at Sue Go she's hanging her art up there and it's so different than what we're doing like they they may have felt the same way Oh, absolutely. Right. I, I, you know, when I've gone to international market um, down there and I, and I look at some of these people that are, you know, known, you know, in the industry and, and, uh, and when I start to talk to them, um, like, <laughs> they go, yeah, well, you know, I just thought I'd make the, you know, all of a sudden yeah. you, you, you're, like, you're in someone's living room talking yeah. about all the things you've made mistakes on yep. or I, this came up using, like I say, a toilet roll or whatever. Yeah. And you realize they're just human and, and yeah. that they yeah. are going through every bit of the same thing you are. It's just that they don't stand out there and say, I'm an imposter. And, uh, you know, um, they don't. They just keep it inside and they try to look really cool on the outside. And when they go home, they just fall on the couch and, yeah. and just like, oh, got that one over and, yeah. you know, to the next one. And, you know, um, I think for me, that's kept me going to is the fact that I love what I do. Mm -hmm. And I love when I talk to people who enjoy the same things that I do. Yeah. You have, yeah. you already have an action, you know, an, an, a connection right there. Yeah. And um, it makes, um, it makes a little bit more human in a sense. It's not this in our head. We, we, we're in our head a lot. Um, yeah. And it's scary up there. And it's nice to be able to get out of your head and, and just when you're at a show and so on, you're learning and talking to other um, artists. Yeah. Um, and there, and you realize that they are in, they're all saying the same thing. They're trying to set, look, not only are they trying to look professional, um to to the public mm -hmm. and 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 we're all so here's all these artists feeling the same way yeah they're like the oh it's here like hey right. and, then, and, then, and people come, oh you're such an artist and and you think oh well thank you and, and yeah. yeah you know so i think it, it's it, it, 
it's important to remember too, and this has come up before, like as creatives, we tend to like our things that we're interested in, we look at online and we follow on Instagram or we keep in like keep up with, like we're looking at other people that do what we do and we're in that world. So we see all these beautiful photographers and artists and creatives. And yet when, when we think about like the general public who might be viewing, who aren't in a creative field who are viewing what we're doing, like they're not following all these other artists and all these other people. They are just seeing you and your work. And they're like blown away because they're like, this is something we've never seen before. And, and for us, we're like, well, we see this kind of thing often so we yes. feel like oh it's not good enough because so-and-so's is better or this is better or whatever but like we immerse ourselves in all of this stuff because it's what we're passionate about and we want to strive to but you know there's people on the other side of that that like we're introducing this sort of thing to somebody new and they're like they're not comparing it to somebody else like we are no, you know <laughs> no no like I say when I, when I was in the gallery and of course mine was the only one using fiber mm-hmm. the rest were using paint and, and right. acrylic pours and and wood woodworking and so on but no one actually used fiber. and people came up as, as if I was a genius yeah. <laughs> and awesome. and I and I and for that I, I I took it all in because you know gee yeah. I'm gonna be a genius for yeah. about 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then reality is going to hit and, oh, man. and I go home and, you know, got to put the garbage out just like any other. Yeah, you know? Exactly. The reality is that you're just a human being um, yeah. and, and they, you, yeah. you, you just create and, yeah. and, and just love the process and, and Absolutely. enjoy it. Yeah. And um, with your enthusiasm um, and, 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 you know, it takes a little bit of, you know what, what's the word for it you know gumption to say yes yeah. I'm a mother artist or I'm, yeah. a, I'm a photographer but yeah the more you say it to yourself slowly you start to say okay that's that's yeah. great and I'm yeah. I'm okay so when people ask me now what I do I'm say I'm a fiber artist mm-hmm. and and it it comes off a little bit more doesn't mean I I still feel kind of odd odd saying yeah but But it's good to own it because you do absolutely like you I find um and I'm sure a lot of creatives agree with this they downplay their title because they're kind of intimidated by like am I good enough to wear this badge am I good enough to call myself a professional photographer like I you know or a full-time photographer full-time artist like we kind of defend it a little bit with how much like we put this like preface, like, well, I'm a part-time artist or, oh, I do this on the side or it's my side hustle where we, we should just be super proud of the fact that like we are an artist, no matter if we put 10 hours a day into it or 10 hours a week, it doesn't matter. Um, like wearing that title proudly because it is like you are an artist and I am a, a photographer I was gonna say wedding photographer but photographer in general um and it's we should be like proud and excited but we do downplay it to ourselves because oh, we're absolutely. like kind of nervous about like was someone gonna ask me for my resume or like they're gonna ask me a question I don't know an answer to you know like it's terrifying yeah, and, and just be honest right just be honest yeah. like I I you know in the quilting world and I can tell you every single quilt will t- tell you the same thing they will hold up their quilt 
and they'll say, this is my quilt. And before anybody says, wow, whatever she's now, I'll show you where the mistakes are. Yeah. <laughs> That's so that, you know, okay. Yeah. I, because So they don't get perfect. caught in saying, well, there's mistakes on that. It's not yeah. perfect, you know? And I think that's the part of the imposter syndrome. We, we think of, you have to be perfect mm-hmm. and um, being perfect isn't, well, we're human. First of all, yeah. when you're creative, this is a human touch. This is not a um, 5,000, uh, you know, exactly the same pieces that yeah. you're creating yeah. through the industrial area. This is, this is a human touch. This is, this is, and that's what makes it so, um, so wonderful because someone actually yeah. sat there with their hands, with their mind and with their creativity created yeah. something and yeah. it be whatever it is. And, and I think, you know, you have to, an artist is someone who creates right simple as that yeah exactly and I wanted to go back to um like when you transitioned from I don't know if it was when you transitioned from the court world into fiber art I know it was a bit of a blend but there also something that happened obviously like you said you got hired on as a creative director which to this day I'm like so proud of you and (laughs) and because I think too like when you're talking about your story and like this um company asked you to design patterns for them and you were like yes like I do really believe that like even if you don't um if you're not super confident in yourself if you want the opportunity and someone's offering it to you you should always just say yes regardless of whether you think that you deserve it or that you have the credentials to do it you know like if somebody sees something in you that they want I think saying yes is like such a wonderful thing to do to to just just say yep sure okay and then figure it out afterwards you know (laughs) you know like rather than turning it down because you're like oh well maybe I'm not good enough like I don't know I just think saying yes to opportunities is always gonna push you more and open up your you know and and for you too like you started teaching along the way as well at some point um and how was that for you like gaining getting into that, into the teaching world and feeling like that lack of, um, just feeling yeah. confident to do it. I don't know how, how that process was. No, absolutely. You know, in, in regards to the teaching, you know, um, that, that was a big thing for me and, and it still is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I first started teaching, you know, you, you, you teach simple, you, you teach something you really, really know, you know, it could be simple, like, you know, your beginning of class or, right. you know, that type of thing to build up the confidence. One, first of all, um, to relay the information to them, but being able to stand up in, in a, a group mm-hmm. with all their eyes on you yeah. and, you know, every word you say is, is, you know, godlike in that, in their, yeah. in their world. Right. Yeah. And it, it took a while to, to relax and, and, um, I'm not one for written speeches. Uh, I, I, I rather just speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. And so my teaching is, is in that same vocabulary that I, I just speak from the heart and tell them my experiences and the, and the mistakes that I made or, you know, so I'm just letting you know that I make mistakes <laughs> too. And it brings it back to re- reality for for these people yeah and it helps them trust you too I would think they're like absolutely willing to admit that she messed up a little bit like we're good we're okay to mess up it's okay to mess up (laughs) oh absolutely and I have to tell you that um 
I learn more from my mistakes than I mm-hmm. do from being, you know, something being working out really well. Yeah. And when when people start to realize that, um, that it's, um, yay, hey, I made a mistake. And now I know what not to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sometimes that mistake takes you off in another direction. That's a whole cr- new different creative idea yeah. that you had. So for me, teaching um, reaffirms in myself that I have the no- some knowledge and and I and I start to feel more comfortable in my own skin as mm. a, a teacher as an artist because I'm from my own personal experiences I talk about you know what I went like I guess say what I did wrong and what I did right and and the happy accidents that happen yeah. along the way and yes I agree with you in saying you know when you have an opportunity to cut that someone is asked you to do something go for it because your journey is 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 becomes incredible you learn as you go along you can sit back and listen to a few things and you learn and and people are not people will ask questions and you need to ask questions Mm -hmm. um and and it's amazing the answers that you get and things that you've never thought of and when you start putting it all together is like little puzzle pieces are starting yeah. to fall into place yeah. and um, it just makes you a better um, yeah for teaching it really does really ground you in regards to what um, you believe in and it just makes you feel more confident in yourself yeah and did, um, do you did you ever feel like you were like ready to say yes to something no or did, no <laughs> <laughs> like no, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm never, I know. Um, you know, because you don't know what you're ready for until someone asks you, and then yeah. you think, well, I, I know a little bit, yeah. and, and uh, maybe that'll be good enough. But mm-hmm. I, I don't turn down opportunities because I think um, opportunities. Uh, can just take you to in a whole new world mm-hmm. um, where you've you dreamt about being in for the longest time and all of a sudden you're you're part of this world and you're constantly learning and I and you never stop learning and that's probably one of the things that I like I mean we were at our last fan group um, on the island and um, I was asked to go and teach in Prague <laughs> and, and I and I and I thought Oh, wouldn't that be real? You know, you, you know, wouldn't that be yeah. real cool? And I thought, holy cow, what am I talking about? Right, you know. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, COVID hit, and that all went to yeah. excuse the expression, the hell in the handbasket. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, just the thought to just start teaching internationally w- w- again is is another yeah another sure. realm that I would never have thought of. Because sometimes the outside world prompts you into moving forward without you even realizing just how powerful that is. Yeah. And with COVID too, I mean, obviously things changed and we're able to, cause I know sometimes like creatively um, you learn a lot from connecting with other people and, you know, being, like you said, being in, in the room with other creatives. Um, and I know that like for you teaching, you've had to now sort of start, not start all over again from the content wise, but now you're teaching on a online format and trying to yes. teach creativity through a screen. I mean, like, what is that like? Um, and you're like, hey, it's, guys. It's, <laughs> I know. Well, there's a couple of things that I, I've learned from that. First and foremost is getting used to the two different cameras, yeah. you know, talking to them and showing the step and then 
moving into the machine and show uh, to another camera and showing yeah, the step. That production. was a big thing to, and the, the other thing too, is a lot of them, everything is locked. It was locked down. And so yeah. the tools that I may have that I use may not be available to those students there. So I had to think of um, a different way or something yeah. that would, would substitute that they would probably have around the house. Yeah, I thing, never thought of that know? actually. That's a good point. And so they're the kind of things that I I, um, I learned a lot. But at the same time, um, everything's in my studio. I know where everything is. I don't have yeah. to pack up boxes That's and true. bins in my machine <laughs> yeah. and ship them up to wherever I have to go. Everything is available. My, I yeah. know my machine, my computer, all of that. And yeah. then it opens the uh, another positive thing. It opens to um, more of an international. So I can yeah. I'll be teaching here, but I'll have students from around the world taking my classes, and and that's a whole different you know again because the opportunity was great. I took a I took an online course, um, which I've always wanted to take on how to do classes online from a lady right. in, in Texas and yeah. she, I would not have seen that class or been able to get to that class because she was in Texas right. if I had to go to down there I'd have to fly and take the course there where yeah. well, it's online now I can be part of the class and learn yes it's much better I have to say in, in um, is like photography it's hard to take photographs when you're doing it virtually <laughs> which absolutely. which people have been doing which is kind of cool pushes yeah, people's absolutely. boundaries but, but again it, it forces you to become yeah. more creative you come up yeah. with more creative ideas um because of that and and um the good news is when when you shut off from your class you just go in like I go from my studio into the kitchen and make yeah. dinner like it's <laughs> there not, <you> go. <laughs> there's no traffic you know, no nothing yeah it's it's good for 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 the students it's good for guilds um yeah. the guilds don't have to uh you know have other rooms set up and hotels and and right. flights and and that type of thing so there there are some benefits but I have to say um my all-time favorite really is to be um in contact with people like yeah. actually to be in the same room physically so people have certain questions I can actually show them or yeah. that type of thing but you know it's it's um absolutely and you don't feel too much of an imposter syndrome because you're you're in your own studio so you yeah, feel like you're just true. at home you know yeah so, you're kind of all on the same level playing field at that point <laughs> sort of yeah right? yeah you that's know, true so um yeah, yeah. so there, there's advantages and there's disadvantages um but it is if it meant keeping people safe then that that was my yeah. one priority and myself safe for that yeah too. exactly yeah um I want to touch quickly on the job that you picked up um I shouldn't say picked up because you know you work hard for the the position but how'd that make you feel going from sort of doing your own thing and like being creative to now sharing that with in a whole different aspect because you went from you know ha being in the artist world to now being in almost like a corporate situation and having to like bring they they brought you on as a creative director to help them kind of get into that mindset so what was that like coming from yes. being like like a solopreneur in the creative business to now having to like share and teach and 
you know, create on a more structured, like corporate level. I mean, the industry you worked in was, was a creative industry, but still very corporate. It's a, it was a different, different aspect of the business. Um, you know, originally creating my own patterns and working, you know, remotely with a, with a company. Um, and then, you know, working in local shops and, and yeah. teaching and that type of thing. This was, um, and that was all based on the retail end of things. Um, you know, this particular job as creative director, I was now on the, the um, wholesale end of things. In other words, um, what we created or what I had to create was something that um, would be going to every quilt shop in the entire country. Right. Um, and so part of my job in that regard was to create things that were sellable, that would be, you know, kitted up and sold and, right. and giving, um, getting ideas of how to make different kits up, um, you know, designing a pattern and then kitting it and, and selling it uh, on, a, on a large scale. And it was a whole different aspect of the industry it was it was wonderful because I learned a lot I met um again um there was lots of travel involved and and uh and I met some of the mentors that I had been that I'd literally grown up with in regards to the the yeah. world and the art world yeah and yeah. so it, it again it was a whole different mentality now they have nobody creative in that industry like in mm -hmm. that in that company they just know how to um buy sell and ship fabric right and to to have someone like me um, I had to teach the executive how to make a quilt, <laughs> right? which was quite interesting. I had two men and two women. First of all, I had to teach him how to use a sewing machine. Yeah. That was the big first thing. And awesome. uh, they got right into it. They were really great. But that yeah. was the first time that they've ever been exposed to. They, they never really understood what it took to create a quilt most of them right. thought well how long does it make you how long does it take you to make a quilt right well you look at them and say well it depends on the quilt yeah well, it's relative. Quilt. I said well you can sew the top together in a weekend but you still have to sandwich it and quilt it and bind it and label it and they said, well, how long? Another week or so. And they're looking at, you know, they were looking at me <laughs> like as if what? I was stark raving mad. But I once yeah. I showed them how to make a quilt and they all made their own quilt. That's awesome. Um, and choosing the fabrics and that type of thing. They understood the process. Um, right. And they, you know, and one of the, the other things that they learned was that as artists, we, we collect. Yeah. We collect. We may not use it right away, but we collect well yeah. <laughs> with, with quilters and fiber artists. Yeah, they they go shopping just for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. And and they they figured, you know, at this at this job, they thought that if someone went out and bought a thousand dollars worth of material, that they would use that up and then go shop for something more. And yeah. I looked at them and they said, well, I don't understand. They've only made one quilt, but they spend over $10,000 in fabric. 
And I said, and your point is, yeah. <laughs> and they, well, and I said, because we collect, I said, you know, yeah. what's keeping a lot of us cultures going right now through this pandemic is because we've had a stash that builds right. up and builds up. And now as, and we're, it's, it's the funny, you know, meme going across the internet, you know, we've been, we've been waiting for this. Yeah. Thing, right? <laughs> I've been hoarding fabric for years. <laughs> that's right. Oh, and that's awesome. We knew this was coming up. So yeah. it's a whole different ball game in, in yeah. that yeah. regard. And, and, um, you know, and showing them different ways of using the fabric. Like I do fiber art and I don't use it as making in quilts as more, you know, doing photographs and, 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 and putting them into fiber um, and, yeah. and using the fabric in a different way. So I'm showing them different ways of how that can be done. And then, um, you know, working yeah. on that. And, and, you know, part of that is working with Ronald McDonald House and, and uh, creating a, you know, a pattern that and a quilt that can be done in one day from start to finish. Right. Um, so we can donate the quilts to and that again goes across Canada. And so there was lots of things in that job that it, that's kind of given me yet another vision on on what this industry is about. And I, I'm sure that in photography, yeah. um, it's the same thing, you yeah. know. There's so many different opportunities. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it, it's amazing, and any opportunity you get to learn something, take it. Yeah, and I think too, uh, like, um, like you were saying, like this imposter syndrome. Like they, you showed them value. Like you, 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 um, not gave them something, but like you offered them something, even though you may have not have felt like you did have something. I mean, like, like it just goes back to that. Like you think, okay, this is just basic information, but to somebody else, you're like, this is, this is all new. This is all something I didn't know. And you're like, holy shit. Like, I didn't think I would teach you anything. Cause I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be here, but you know, it's all relative because to them, it was like a whole new world you opened up for them. That's right. And, 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 I, and I, and you, as a person, you don't yeah. realize you ha- you've done that, right? Yeah. You only know what you know, but you don't, again, realize just how much people don't know. Yeah, and, and, and they're excited and so about it. it's a it. new audience. Absolutely, Absolutely. a new yeah. audience. And, yeah. and it, it makes you think, oh, well, well, darn, isn't that yeah. cool? You know? <laughs> Look at me go. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Oh, and man. I say, you know, people not seeing your work um, don't, it's hard not to be vulnerable because as creatives, um, it's, it's a personal thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hurtful. Personal, and when people, when, when people, you know, don't like it, you, you feel hurt. Yeah. But, it's, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like someone stabbed you in the heart, like, yeah. you know, but it, it's, um, but not to worry because just like you, you, sometimes people love carrots and some people like broccoli and in the carrots don't get upset because you <laughs> yeah you totally have broccoli but it, yeah. it feels that way and yeah. and um you know it it's it's hard it's hard because you are vulnerable you are showing what you've done and and you mm-hmm. think you know i mean you love it yeah and, and i think that's is that like, do you feel like it's, that's the basis of being an artist, like, and what keeps, I know sometimes it, we talked about this on another episode, like how, um, craving for you is always the best idea to get back to be loving what you do or getting back to that confidence level is go back to what made you start in the first place and what made you excited about it because nobody can take that away from you. 
Absolutely. I mean, you, if you love it, if you love it, then you're already there. Yeah. You, you know, because you, I mean, you love it. I, you know, I go back and look at my works and every time I look at them, I remember how that came about or how that one came about. And, and I really like my, the work that I've done. And, and if, and I have to say to myself, if no one else does, someone does. And that's you. And, and, um, you'd be surprised again, when I go to do talks, I take my work with me and, and we, we do a, um, what we call a show and tell, or a trunk show is what it's known as mm-hmm. where I show my finished pieces and people are blown away and I'm blown away that they're blown away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Know? You know, you there's more than one, just me that like what I do, yeah. but I'm there because they, they are interested in how I get, got there and, and they, they just love the work Absolutely. and they yeah. want to learn from me. And, and, and that, you know, there is nothing, there's nothing better than that, that yeah. someone likes it enough that they would like to take a class from you and yeah. and learn the techniques that you have and you'll to have a class and you'll be teaching something but someone else sees something else within that that mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden you 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 learn so yeah. much more from from your students because yeah. they have a different idea and and yeah. it's like it's like wow I never thought of it that way so yeah. um it, it, it helps with the imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. that um, if, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. I'm no, not that. at all. <laughs> I was going to say, if you had a piece of advice to give to other creatives about and around imposter syndrome and just moving past that and sort of leaving that. So I do feel like the imposter syndrome term sits in our industry as creatives so much. And it's like this, like, oh, they're not good enough or I'm not good enough or whatever. Like, do you, if you had one piece of advice to offer somebody who might be feeling that way, like what, what would it be? Don't compare. I, I, I guess my biggest thing is don't compare yourself. Yeah. Um, what, that's one of the biggest things that we do. Um, we, we look at other people and think they're better. They're better. Um, yeah. just think that they are different. Yeah. And, and what can I learn from that person? Yeah. I like their, I love their work. What can I learn from that person? Yeah. And yeah. if you, maybe if we, if we did that, it, you know, you could say to that person, gee, you know, I really love your work. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit more of how you got there. And, you know, they, they are willing to share. We, Mm -hmm. we creatives love to share what we do. And if we stop and and instead of saying, Oh, gee, I really like that stuff. I, you know, I hate that person because they're much better than us. (laughs) You just stop and say, Hey, um, let's, I wonder if I could ask her how she got there, you know, and how she sees it and, and, and strike up a conversation because we learn from each other and, yeah. um, you know, yes, we, we yeah. always think, you know, that, uh, we, we only see the best on, on, on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can even ask them the question. So what trouble, what, you know, what things have you done that didn't work out or, yeah. you know, I, know. I get really excited when people ask me questions and want to, cause I love talking about what I do. Cause I, and I know you probably feel the same way. We love what we do. We love talking about it. Absolutely. So I always want to tell people, like, if you don't, if you're not sure if somebody would 
want to talk to you about their work? The answer is they always will want to talk to you about their work. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's like shoved me off. Like, no, thank you. (laughs) Not, not, not in the, you know, unless they're in a deadline and they don't have them at that particular moment to talk to you. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll set up a time to talk to you and, um, and you, you learn, but it's collaborative. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, um, everybody learns differently. And, um, those ones that won't tell you anything, which are very, very far of you between then, then, you know, let them go. It's, it's not worth it. Right. But on the whole, I, I agree with you. Everybody loves to talk, what talk about what they do and, and they love to be able to share what you do. And they, it's, it's a storytelling. Um, Visual art is a storytelling um, art and, and people love to get questions. And if they don't have an answer for it, it really makes them think too. And they will be honest mm-hmm. with you. Gee, I never thought of it that way or geez, yeah. you got me stumped, that type of thing. But um, yeah, definitely. That that would be my big, the biggest thing is just, just ask, just yeah. question, you know? Yeah. I love and, that. I love that so much. Thank you, mom, so much you're, for coming you're on. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I want you guys to go. Um, you have an Instagram account. It's quilted escapes yep. or is it under yep. under your um no your instagram account is susan j jensen fiber artist that's right right so go over on instagram and check her out and your website is quilted escapes one no quilted escapes yeah i should have checked no. this i should yeah. know my mom's own website yeah yeah it's <laughs> okay. quilted escapes number one at shaw.ca it's awesome that, yeah Perfect. No, that's your email address, mom. No, sorry. Cold in the state. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, um, I'll share it on the Instagram so you guys can check it out because I do really believe that you have the most beautiful art. I couldn't even imagine making it, nor do I know how. Um, but that's, yeah, it's just gorgeous. And I'm excited for everybody to share it. And I really appreciate it. We, we had this FaceTime chat, like I said, a few weeks ago. And I was like, we got to talk about this on the podcast because we all feel um, face this and we all think it, especially when new opportunities, I don't know if you guys can hear this, but I have a woodpecker on the side of my house. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast guys, including my next door neighbor, the woodpecker. Well, maybe, anyway. he's, maybe he's really a squirrel or something. Yeah. Right. He's an imposter, <laughs> he's an imposter squirrel. Oh gosh. Well, thank you again so much, mom. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. No problem at all. And I will see you guys next week and we'll have yeah another guest on and some more conversations thanks bye guys